Hello and welcome to the Sala podcast. My name is Steph and today I'm catching up with Jasmine Crisp, who is a South Australian painter, muralist and apprentice tattoo artist. Now, we are very lucky to be catching up at Jasmine's home studio in the foothills, in the Adelaide Hills. There's a lovely amount of rain for a spring day. It's a little bit atypical, but um, it's all lovely and misty up here. And um, and I want to acknowledge the Ghana people and the Paramount people as the traditional owners of this land that we're meeting upon, uh, in particular because, you know, we're going to be talking about Jasmine's practice and how she sort of portrays her subject's connection to their surroundings through art. So I think it's important to recognise the long-standing and continuing connection that the traditional owners have to this land. Um, all right, Jazz, thanks for having time to catch up with us. Oh, pleasure. <laughs> um, maybe we can start at the beginning. That probably makes the most sense. Um, can you tell us how you found your way to this career path? Yeah, um, it felt like... A path I always wanted to do, but as commonly in our environment, people perceive a career in the arts to be a unicorn or somewhat impossible for anyone to achieve. So I really wanted to pursue art always, but wasn't really sure that it could be an actual job or career until I studied at Adelaide Central School of Art because I knew I had an interest in art, but it was there that I was surrounded by a lot of um, serious students and um, practicing artists in, in the field that motivated me to take it on as a realistic goal. Yeah. yeah, and that exposure to all those people that were doing it. Yeah, yeah, because all of the um, teachers there are actually – at least in some point in their life, been full-time practicing artists here mm. in Adelaide and you build a network of people that live and breathe it every day. So it becomes a reality. Yeah, yeah. much more realistic. Yeah. Love that. Um, and how would you describe your practice now? And I guess what, what big question, yeah. <laughs> what is it that you try to explore in your work? Yeah, um, I guess it's always developing as art practices do. But uh, a primary element of my practice that still holds and maintains is an interest in um, the human condition and the human um, experience of environments and space and objects. So not just portraits of people, but people's environments and their belongings and their surroundings and how that impacts their character or connection to space Mm. yeah and sometimes that will be stories directly from my own life sometimes it's stories from other people's lives that I know it's always people that I've had a personal connection with Mm. and sometimes that also involves telling stories of objects that are yeah beyond my own understanding but then become part of a larger narrative through someone else's tale or mm. connections of tales as multiple people with the same feeling towards an object. So, yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a very fancy word for that, that sort of yeah. object-based. <laughs> yeah, it's not necessarily about the political environment or the person's, yeah, more official or business-oriented status as just 
very feeling oriented mm. direction between people and their space. Mm. Yeah. And now that you're some years out of art school, because when did you graduate? Uh, 2017 with honours. Yeah, yeah, cool, which seems like yesterday, but yeah, <laughs> it's actually not. It has actually. I've realised, oh, it's been a little while. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Have you – so you've had, you know, quite a few years of, of practising quite intensely. Have you got a bit more of an understanding now about why you are interested and drawn to, you know, depicting – people that you've encountered and, you know, bringing in uh, those sort of symbols of their personhood and um, have have you got words for that or are you still figuring out why you're pulled towards that? Yeah, um, I feel like that's probably the most obvious element to me in the sense that it feels completely authentic. Like it's the knowledge that I do actually have from mm. my living experience that I can share and contribute. So I'm not necessarily researching for answers and I'm not trying to provide a solution or I'm not trying to, um, I guess, create a specific statement so much as Mm. um, just describe what's happening and how I'm feeling and Mm. how others are feeling and what's happened to them. Mm. And maybe, yeah, not providing any kind of resolution but presenting Mm that as I perceive it to feel or be. Yeah. Mm. So it's not it's not instructive, it's not preachy, it's just responding to very real things and well not just, it is responding yeah, to real things. It is, yeah, it is it's like sounds simple and I guess it is in a sense that this is the material in my environment that is my raw ingredients mm. and I'm cooking them into <laughs> something that I feel is only derived from those ingredients um but they've been crafted to yeah usually still have a message Mm, okay yeah Yeah. Mm. or a tale yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's still some plenty to be drawn out of them i guess Mm. is the point yeah Yeah. lovely and you work across quite varied scale from you know i'm looking at works that are sort of quite easily carried by one person (laughs) works that might be carried by two people um, all the way up to, you know, these murals on silos and, um, you know, multi-storey walls. Um, Do you think that – does your practice sort of change depending on what scale it's going to be or do you think that it's just the practicalities of how much paint that you'll need that sort of come into play there? Yeah, yeah, definitely practicalities is a large element um, because there's a very different installation process um, with a public artwork compared to something made in the studio. Mm. But I always like to, um, I guess I try not to do any kind of project that I don't actually believe in and therefore end up making work that is, directive of my interests so like the same passion of wanting to tell stories and include real people that I know and real environments that I've seen and captured is really important to me so original stories and imagery to work from and um, stories that I want to share about that imagery in the work that feels closely connected to me is special but um, I guess the largest difference particularly with public artworks is the influence of a client or a commissioner Mm. because that often 
dictates a lot of material that I can or cannot include or perhaps even just starts off with a theme that I may not have um you know conduit in my own (laughs) self but um there's always a way that I can make that mine and make it beautiful and also make it theirs Mm. at the same time I hope yeah is that quite a fun process that having to stew on how to align you know the client's values and yours and find that middle ground or it depends (laughs) (laughs) Um, like everything I guess sometimes you'll have really beautiful people that understand and support and their feedback is actually just so constructive to making a design Mm. that's better than what I could have because their eyeballs are noticing something that my eyeballs have become (laughs) blind to but at other times it can become yeah really frustrating and constricting um because I want to do something maybe a little bit more honest or a little bit more brave than Mm. what I'll be allowed to do Mm. yeah yeah I can see that yeah On the subject of, uh, you know, doing your mural work and that side of your practice, I think anyone who follows you on Instagram gets major envy because you're just (laughs) bloody cool as hell out there in your little pink overalls, um, very much living a dream. But um, you did the slide night as part of the Sala Festival in 2021 and I loved that you really um, subverted convention in that you know, it's a slide presentation and there wasn't a single image of an artwork. And I was like, oh, you got me. Like, <laughs> that was very, very clever. Um, but, you know, to take a slightly more sombre tone, um, it was quotes of things that had been said to you when you are doing your mural work. And some of them were kind of cute and fun, um, mm. but some of them were a bit, uh, I can't think of a different way to put it but a bit sexist and yeah I got me rightfully thinking about because you don't really see that and you know not that you would try and capture that on you know documenting that process but it's Mm. something that maybe doesn't get spoken about very much it Um, doesn't at all mm. and um that's why I really wanted to talk about it for the slide night because I knew that the audience would be artists as well and we know a lot about being artists and the, you know, ups and downs that that comes with. But the public art realm comes with a new set of, yeah, ups and downs mm-hmm. that are somewhat unspoken. Mm-hmm. And um, it's become somewhat of an all-consuming lifestyle for me for the past year and a half anyway so thought I'd share some tales yeah from those experiences yeah some of them were sort of ones that you get you know it might be slightly different wordings but you get quite a lot um and I'm sure some that were a bit more (laughs) niche but Yeah, yeah well you're in the public realm so you get a great diversity of people I'll be in sometimes it'll be disadvantaged areas where you're bringing color to the environment so you get a mixed response Mm -hmm. to being present in those areas Um, a lot of the time on construction sites Mm -hmm. where it's really high stress and you're surrounded by a lot of workers so you don't have privacy to Mm -hmm. paint and be a you know, somber artists in the studio, you mm. have to really just um, get space. it done and you have deadlines and people pushing you to complete it. Or mm. then other times, yeah, you might be in just 
the street where yeah. at any given time there's 150 people around and yeah you can't even look at your phone or scratch your ass really <laughs> without knowing that someone's probably watching you yeah. so there's a different um mental space physical space yeah. um process based urgency in all of that environment and mm. people feel very welcome to talk to you and comment on the work which is yeah. actually yeah really interesting to get that from people that are not artists yeah. and would not walk into a gallery and um yeah most of the time it's really really rewarding and people Good. are just beautifully um thankful and um complimentary and yeah. just glad to see activity in their environment mm. and Especially I notice a lot of people in suburban areas feel like quite claiming of their space and their hood, if yeah. you will. Yeah, yeah. So they'll really be grateful that someone's putting energy into what they think is something that they own yeah, as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's other times where um, unfortunately developments have not been made enough to see women on scissor lifts mm. or to see women in high vis mm. or to see women on construction sites mm. or, or running a project yeah 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 mm. i get a lot of people asking how old i am just which is i think quite strange i've asked a lot of male street artists and muralists who've never been asked that question mm. um so there'll be questions that i'll get based on my appearance um or people asking me if I can do those things by myself in <laughs> so quite condescending manner mm. yeah yeah but I guess people are still learning and still um mm. haven't seen that in their environment before mm. so it's good to instead of retaliate or get downhearted it's sort of best to I suppose try and educate mm. and support people in learning that like yes mm. I can use a scissor lift and I have female reproductive organs. <laughs> They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like you've found a way to sort of hold space for yourself to not get too affected by those things then. And, um, yeah, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I'm I sure it gets Other you times I feel braver than other times, mm. yeah. Yeah, headphones have been great. <laughs> oh, good. That's a good tip. <laughs> but you don't want to miss out on those beautiful moments too. Yeah. 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 Oh, what a roller coaster. <laughs> I know, I know. You get some really special people. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Mm. Um, have you got a favourite little mural moment from when you've been working? Mm, there are actually so many. There was a woman once that, yeah, came up to me in the street and uh, tapped me on the back and I was a bit like, I had my headphones on and she terrified <laughs> me and I was ready to sort of karate. <laughs> but um, she gave me a box of roses, the mm. chocolates, mm. yeah, and um, I was like, oh, what are, what are you doing? Like, what are these for? And she said that her grandma lived around the corner um, and that she was very elderly and less able to move and walk mm. and that she had a short route in the neighbourhood where she would walk mm. and that she'd now changed her route to come and walk past my mural and watch it as it was being painted because it involved some of her favorite native birds Aww, in it and yeah, that yeah. um she hadn't seen her grandma like that energized and happy and moving in a really long time because um yeah she was just so excited about seeing that happen close to her because she wasn't often able to go much distance with mm. her health so that was just so rewarding and beautiful that 
yeah, not only that that happened and that someone was given energy from something that I'd made, but also the really giving nature of the granddaughter to to tell me and to... Like gratitude. um, Yeah, yeah. Just to see impact happening tangibly and instantly. Yeah, Yeah. it's really... You can, yeah, tangibly is the right word, isn't mm. it? Yeah. So someone you never knew that you would reach. Yeah. 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 And mm. it kind of puts a face to the people that are appreciating that work yeah. as well. Because there might be a lot of people silently that, like, mm. enjoy something that you'll never know that they no. enjoyed it. Or... <laughs> a little quiet yeah. folk. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, that's really mm. lovely. Um, can you, for a moment, indulge maybe just me, but maybe more people that are listening um, (laughs) in a bit of vicarious travel and talk a bit about your residencies that you've done overseas. I think they were quite fond times for you, judging by your happy captions. For sure. That was a really just a huge significant goal that I never thought I would achieve so soon, basically, Mm. um, in even during my time at Adelaide Central School. I was really aiming to finish strong so that I could in the future apply for residencies and get experience so that I could return to Iceland, um, which inspired a lot of the first paintings I'd made during my study and Mm. the direction of my research. Um, And yeah, it was 2019, so only two years after graduating that I got into the dream residency I really wanted to do in um, SIM residency in Reykjavik as well as Ness Residency in Skagostron in North Iceland and Kari um, Rundanen in um, Northeast Finland that I didn't know. I Basically, I applied for all of these things that I wanted, not thinking I'd get a response and <laughs> got so much love back that, yeah, so I ended up spending four and a half months away for that year, predominantly in Iceland and Finland, researching areas that were heavily affected by significantly changing environments. So I was, I guess, investigating that human experience of your home Mm. changing Yeah. and how do you change with it or do you change? Um, Do you hate the change? But these sorts of environments, so in Iceland, the first time I went in 2015, um, they started to have a surge in tourism and the locals were a bit, mixed feelings about what that would mean and then visiting in 2019 I already saw the impact it it had occurred so friends that lived in the CBD had to live far away the businesses they worked at had all been shut down to accommodate for tourism because they had a population of 350,000 in their country and 2 million tourists a year wow so suddenly what was their home wasn't really theirs anymore or um, unrecognizable as what it was yeah and like their root and culture all of their spots that were so close to them had been removed to accommodate for visitation wow and there are beautiful and important things to that as well they relied on it for their economy because they don't have many other resources to share and then they've created a new kind of solidarity with the local people connecting through their language that they've maintained even though it's such a non-used language in any other country they keep it so strong so that they have their bond together Mm -hmm. and um yeah inspired a lot more work about 
just um, trying to form your own version of home in somewhere that maybe doesn't always reflect what you knew it to be. Mm. Yeah, it's sort of, I guess, a high concentration example or result of a bit of a fear that I have about um, my world changing or like growing up as a white colonial um, (laughs) ancestor in Adelaide where I know my body's not designed for this environment and um, the environment's also becoming harsher. Mm. There's a lot of layers to um, rise in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and youth generations having um, a gap in incomes and just that unsureness about the future where I don't necessarily want to make specific political statements or cultural statements in my work I'd much rather I guess focus on making artworks that say how it feels yeah to be in that situation yeah. and not answering again any of those problems but just mm. sort of saying like we're feeling them and this is happening and yeah this is how some of us are dealing with that mm. um mm. so it was really interesting and challenging place because I love it so so dearly but I'm watching Watching it change. Yeah, and the locals have generations of attachment to that environment, mm. which is very quickly degrading because of tourism, which I contributed to by going there. It's so nuanced, so, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and I want to go back, so yeah. it's really strange. It's yeah. really strange, yeah. But I guess mm. that's that's it. You don't have to come up with a solution to be able to make really valid, you know, I can't think of a better word for, you know, documenting, yes, the feeling and, you know, yeah. the layers of that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, which is similar. Um, like we are really experiencing that now in a different way where our home has changed dramatically just due to legislation, like rules and um, public health. Mm. And that becomes this strange thing of reassessing our own environments and our connection to space Mm. god there's a lot in that (laughs) there is enough for a lifetime of work i think (laughs) well that's that's good (laughs) and now jumping back uh to the present day you were just announced as the winner of the inaugural Centre for Creative Health Art Prize for your painting, uh, They Had to Share a Portrait of Ruby, which is incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, I still actually don't even know how really to respond to that. It's such a huge, yeah, just crazy thing. I don't know. It's someone else's life. It's not mine sort of feeling. Like um, as in Ruby's life? Is that what you mean? Or? Oh, even just like, yeah, the fact that this has happened is just, I guess it's one of those things where you think, oh, I'm never going to be in a car crash or an accident. Oh, in that sense. Yeah. yeah it's like, <laughs> I'm never going to win. You know, <laughs> so you're still processing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I am. I don't know. Yeah, quite yeah. how to. What do you do with that? Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah, put it in a box and you can figure out how you feel about yeah, it. Yeah, I think I'm doing that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's interesting to hear that, actually, that it's, you know, even something that's quite good, you can yeah. see, like, oh, I didn't see that for me. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like this big responsibility as well of just like, yeah, yeah this needs to be um, the best thing it can be. Yeah, yeah, mm. and set that visibility around that as well. So, yeah, mm, I, I hadn't clocked that. Yeah, that impacts ongoing 
as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like it will be a forever thing yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah. that I don't know yet because I haven't done forever yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Um, well, I might quickly do a bit of an um, audio description of the work for anyone who hasn't seen it. Is that that's cool? Yeah. Cool. Beautiful. I'll do a bit of a um, – give it my best shot. So the work is called They Had to Share – in brackets, a portrait of Ruby, and it's an oil painting on linen. Uh, it stands 152 centimetres tall and 91 centimetres wide and was created in 2020. Yeah. Uh, and the work depicts South Australian artist Ruby Allegra seated on a wheelchair under the running water of a shower. They are in a bathroom with musky pink wall tiles and cream-coloured floor tiles, and they are using a grey footstool. The scene is framed by a thin sort of lime green coloured line, which sort of reaches up and forms a round arch with a blue sky and white clouds in the sort of gap between the arch and the top of the canvas. The scene is framed further by indoor plants and in the foreground lies an assortment of products that look a lot like they're from the company Lush, (laughs) the kind that smell really good. Um, the figure is covered in soap suds with one hand supporting the other arm at the elbow to hold a pink loofah or cloth up towards their neck. Uh, tattoos peek out from behind the soap bubbles on Ruby's arms and Ruby is depicted staring right at the viewer. Their mouth is closed and they are not smiling. Their mousy blonde hair is short, uh, and sort of tussled. Their eyes are brown and they have a silver septum nose ring. And their skin is depicted in sort of warm honey tones. Uh, the piece is full of little details from water sort of dripping slowly um, from like Ruby's chin and from the chair, but also water that's bouncing really rapidly off the body. Um, there's this glisten on the wheels, like wet wheels, um, freckles, and even, which I loved, um, in the background, the semi-transparency of like a nearly empty shampoo bottle or something in the background, um, which I loved. Uh, how, can you tell us about this work and actually how, do you know how long it took to make the work? Um, yeah, firstly, um, thanks. <laughs> That's such a beautiful description. Um that work took quite a long time to fully manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, Ruby actually offered themselves to me as a model. Oh, fantastic. Um, which we deliberated on what story to tell because I was doing a series of works about um, taking pride in vulnerable activities at home yeah so things at home that we do that give us a sense of um strength just Mm. even through them a mundane task yeah um and ruby had a really interesting um experience with showering Mm. and with bathing because they required assistance to shower and bathe for most of their um upbringing and childhood so mm. they never had a shower alone mm. and they didn't really enjoy having a shower like most other people do because it wasn't a moment of like warmth and reflection mm. and privacy for them um, um but yeah they live in a share house now and they have a shower chair and they have the equipment to be able to shower on their own Mm. and um, I thought that was a really beautiful example of claiming something that most people will take advantage of to be able to do and to make it like a really big 
achievement and a statement and mm. to portray their disability with um, the colour and character that Ruby has, which is really positive and really um, courageous mm. as well because they're very vocal about those vulnerable states that they do experience um, yeah. and publicising nudity in a usually private space and yeah. doing that through art. Um, I really wanted to capture the positivity in that. The clouds were sort of like a ulterior dimension where you're imagining the beauty of the environment that you're in and sort of that classical dreamscape, yeah, yeah. whimsical, positive future energy that a happy sunny sky yeah, like provides. Um, yeah, I really wanted to put in yeah bright colours that describe Ruby. All the Lush mm. products um, were part of the household so it was a share house yeah and you know you're in a share house when there's like seven bottles of shampoo in the shower <laughs> and I really wanted to also demonstrate like Ruby is a young person yeah. and lives with people that work at Lush which has its own understood like quite a worldwide stigma of like yeah young progressive people with colored hair <laughs> and um that yeah. was all I think important in portraying mm. their character and their um lifestyle and this current moment in time yeah oh well, congratulations again Thanks. um one thing I did want to pick at a little bit is to to just understand a bit more is the line like the little arch line that cuts through yeah. is does that have a, a greater significance um in your practice yeah, I've used arches a lot. Um, it does reference to, so like a Christian icon painting. So yeah. the icon paintings depicted um, relevant characters from religious tales about mm -hmm. um, their significance so that the general public at that time who couldn't often read or write could perceive who these people were. Mm. And in order to portray that person's role in and their importance the, I yeah, guess. yeah yeah they would use like really strong symbolism so yeah. really flattened image direct quite didactic imagery oh yeah so like a flat face an object that they're holding maybe they're holding the bible or yeah. they're holding jesus because it's mary yeah. or they're holding um uh, like a scepter or something yeah, yeah yeah or they have a sheep next to them in the background um <laughs> yeah. that tells you directly who this character is mm. and what they're doing yeah. and i guess um in order to tell stories in a similar manner um but in a contemporary sense of I'm pretty much doing the same thing yes. in a like in a different intention. Yeah, yeah. But to tell this person's story and their character, I'm very much just selecting objects from their environment that have an understood um, mm. contemporary iconic um, symbolism mm. of sorts. Like we know what lush products mean yeah, to us. And, and even though and, that's yeah. not an official icon or symbol used in pre-Raphaelite times, <laughs> um, it's something that I can use. And I like to play a lot with that in a semi-humorous mm. manner where I'm, yeah, subverting the religious aspect of that and more um, introducing it as a... It's a tool, isn't a it? A tool, yeah. Mm. It's a tool, but I'm aware of how it's been used and therefore I'm trying to use it in a... Really conscious. It's self-aware, yeah. 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 But um, 
has its own character, I like to think. Yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. And so like the positions and, and poses that your subjects are often in, there's yeah. a lot of thought that's gone into how that will portray them. Isn't yeah, yeah, for sure. I've um, in the past directly referenced specific paintings from history as well. Cool. And the poses from those paintings, um, such as like Waterhouse or mm. um, Botticelli to use figures that reference that idea of a Venus or that idea of a muse or yeah. the idea of um, a mythical, a Greek mythical woman who may have been, yeah, mysterious or evil or jealous. And mm. they are sometimes subtle, sometimes not. But yeah. it's um, something that I really like to play with as a tool for communicating. Yeah. yeah. And once as a, a viewer, once you've clocked it, you can see it across mm. the practice. So that's great. Mm. Now, looking forwards, uh, what are your next sort of goals for your practice? Yeah, there's a few, I guess, <laughs> um, because there's a few disciples now. Um, having like muralism and a studio practice in conjunction with um, starting tattooing as a new passion and of a course. new medium as yes. well, which I'm just loving so much as a practice. <laughs> but um, I really would like to maintain a great balance between the studio and mural world because mm. um last year was all mural consuming okay um mm. which was a great time um yeah. but, but i'm aiming to have a series of new works um uh, for a new solo show next year Ooh. which is exciting when, it's been month? a little while <laughs> um in mid-year yeah yeah are we which... allowed to know where or is that secret still <gasps> Yeah, we can keep stay it tuned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good yeah. answer. Yeah. yeah, cool. Oh, that's yeah. so exciting. So you'll be busily uh, preparing work for that. Yeah, yeah. And it's been um, really special to be after being in the public realm to return to the studio and make work where I have free reign Ooh. to be as rude and naked as I wish to be. That's real power, so, that is. <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be um, a little bit more honest than it has been in the past because it's wow. becoming somewhat of a like a therapeutic channel yeah. to release yeah, things yeah. that I'm not always allowed to say. That's exciting. Colour me intrigued. I'll be yeah. there. <laughs> but hopefully still doing um, some mural projects. I'd really like to do one or two more um, interstate walls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after I had a really amazing experience this year at um, Brisbane Street Art Festival right. um, where I just got to meet the best of the best. And being around those people is so invigorating and just so motivating um, they're just the best people in the world and it's the, those livelihoods and those lifestyles that are just so, yeah, enriching to be around. So mm. I'll absolutely be still, um, aiming for those projects and for walls that are going to be the most rewarding. Mm. Yeah. That sounds like a good goal. <laughs> mm, yeah. Um, we have been talking for quite some time so maybe yeah. we'll uh <laughs> regretfully wrap up yeah <laughs> but i reckon fine. well maybe we can close with have you got a favorite um i know this is a similar question to one before but do you have a favorite response that someone has had to your work yeah 
I have actually a really special one. Um, so one of the biggest artists I've always looked up to since I was a little teenager, um, Andrew Salgado. He's a British painter, a figurative painter, really uh, makes a lot of work about being a homosexual male and they're very vibrant and colourful and um, brave. Yeah. Um, I submitted my work to Beers Contemporary, which is a gallery in London that represents him, and he gave – uh, public feedback to my work online. Um, he chose 10 artists out of many thousands that applied and um, publicized it online with a written statement of feedback talking about how currently in the painting world, maximalism, which is essentially how my practice is and mm. looks, um, is quite unfavored. And figurative painting in conjunction with <laughs> maximalism is quite. Um, yeah, unfavoured as well and out of style at the moment, blah, blah, blah. But talking about the beauty that can still exist in that and the bravery of doing something that is unfavoured yeah. and the authenticity of um, the messages that come from making work that maybe isn't gallery preferred. Yeah. And um, that gave me so much strength. I was actually in lockdown in 2020 when I received that on my instagrams and i was in bed eating chocolate (laughs) um when i saw his amazing comment on my work that he'd selected and um ended up going for the biggest run yeah (laughs) because i was just couldn't contain energy just had to expel it somehow so that was just a really special moment that artists that i'd really looked up to had um given me their kudos Mm, that's really special Mm, Mm. that was cool (laughs) well that's a lovely note well I think we'll wrap it up there. (laughs) Maybe we'll go and enjoy this rain that's been sort of threatening in the background. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Steph. Thank you. And, uh, yes, we'll all be watching on keenly for what you do next and figuring out where that show is going to (laughs) be.